Good morning. Welcome to all those joining us for Likut Halachas, Yeradeya, Chelek Aleph, Hilchis Korcho, Uksevis Kaka, Halacha Gimel, Paragraph Tesvov. We dedicate the learning today for a complete Rafur Shalema for all those that need it, including Chavivachana Basgalia, Yehudis Baschana, Chaya Brocha Basperl, Yaakov Yeshua ben Freindel Rechel, Shlemenisen ben Mazel, Avram David ben Chana, Hindachase bas Chana, Gitaganendel bas Sipoira, Mordechai Ezreel ben Esther, Gabriela Sora bas Talia Rivka, David Leib ben Shena, Borach Mordechai ben Tali, Soralea bas Chavaliba, Avigail Brocha bas Shira Dvoira, Shira Dvoira bas Miriam, Jonas ben Hilda, Yehuda ben Soramaya, Chaim Aryeh ben Brocha, Simcha Sora bas Ahuva, Idis bas Miriam Breindel, Tov Yitzvi ben Chayaliza, Eitan Yoel ben Edna, Ami ben Chay ben Yehuda Skila, Shemad Eliezer ben Rochel, Rochelea bas Malkida, Chanafeda bas Malkida, Yerachmiel Yisrael Doiv ben Frumet Nechama, Besoich Shar Choy Yisrael. Rav Nosanzal was discussing the holiday of Purim, related to chapter 27 in Likut Imran that this haloch is based on. We know that one of the highlights of Purim is the mitzvah of Shalach Monas and Matonas Lavyoinim. This shows that we're really, really stressing major and major Shalom. Shekol Echod Shaleach Monois that every person is sending gifts to the, to the other one, Shezeh Mar B'Sholem. That certainly promotes Sholem. V'chein Matonas Levyoinem. And so too, giving tzedakah, making a special point of giving extra tzedakah on Purim, V'chinas Mar B'Tzedakah, Mar B'Sholem. The Mishnah in Perkei says clearly that that's one of the main accomplishments of tzedakah, that it increases Sholem. Paragraph Tezayin, the, the Megillah Esther concludes by saying that this is what Mordechai HaTzadik was all about, seeking the good of the people and, and giving over a message of peace to everyone. Now Rav Zal shows how this fits beautifully with what Rav Zal says over there in chapter 27 of the Kutimran. Because there Rav Zal speaks about Hadras Ponim, about a person achieving Hadras Ponim, and he says that the Hadras Ponim comes through the Drushe HaToira, by a person studying especially Torah Sheval and expounding the Torah using the 13 formula, formulas by which we expound the Torah. So again, Rav Zal uses the terminology, the Drushe Ubiure HaToira. So Rav Zal says, look what it says in Megil Sester, how it describes Mordechai HaTzadik, this means that he taught and expounded to Klal Yisrael the, the drushim of the Torah, the explanations of the Torah based on the 13 formulas. Because the Megillah uses the word toiv, the Torah is called toiv. 
As the Pesach says, Ki lekach toiv nosati lochem, toirosi al tazoivu. Val yidei drushei ha-toira, shehu hadrasponim, heorasponim, and through these drushei, by expounding the Torah, which is this hadrasponim, this heorasponim, bechinas, as it says again about Mordechai HaTzadik, u Mordechai yotzom ilifnei ha-melech belevush malchus, it describes there Mordechai Tzadik going out in, in incredible glory and beauty, wearing all the royal garments. All of this is similar to the concept of the, that lit up face, that glowing face. Mordechai Tzadik was zeichet to this through his expounding and explaining the Torah. Bechinas doyresh toiv liamoi. And through this, what was the ultimate accomplishment? V'doyver sholoim lechol zaroi. Kalidei horas ponim shudrushe biurei Torah. Aidei zeh zeichen lesholoim kanal. Because Rabbein Azal explains over there in chapter 27 on Likud Imran that by, by studying the Torah properly, deeply, the, the Torah Shabal Peh especially, with, that's based on these 13 formulas, and, and explaining the Torah, through this a person is to He'oras Ponim, and when there's He'oras Ponim, by this we can bring about Sholem. Paragraph Yud Zayin. And this is why when Haman wanted to destroy the Jewish people, he made this poor, this lottery. And he tried to determine which month is the month when the Jewish people are most vulnerable, where he has the best chance of success in destroying the Jewish people. And his lottery came out in the, to the month of Ador. And he thought that would be the great opportunity for him to overpower the Jews. Because he, he, he knew that Moshe Rabbeinu, the ultimate greatest leader of Kval Yisrael, passed away on the seventh of Ador. Because of the fact that Moshe Rabbeinu died during this month. Moshe Rabbeinu, who's the one who gave us the Torah, which is called Sholem. The Torah is this oiz that's called Sholem. And this is really what Moshe Rabbeinu was all about. He was all about Sholem. Because Moshe Rabbeinu was involved in even bringing close those people who were furthest away from Hashem. And to take them out even of the ten levels of Tumah, the ten crowns of Tumah as it's called. As Rabbeinu Zal writes about this in chapter 82 in the second half of Likut Imran. The Sovar, therefore, Haman thought, that since Moshe Rabbeinu died in Zion Ador, 
There's nobody, there's nobody, certainly nobody like Moshe Rabbeinu who could stand up for us to bring the Jewish people close to Hashem at a time when Hashem is angry at us, at a time when, when Hashem has rejected us because of the sins that were going on at that time, during the time of Haman. We mentioned in the previous year, they were engaging with non-Jewish women, they bowed to an idol, they participated in the Suda Yisrael Oz. And therefore, Haman thought this is a great opportunity for him to overpower the Jewish people. Because of the fact that the Jewish nation had become distant from Hashem, we were, we were going through these 70 years of exile in Bovel because of Pegam Abris. And, and Homan thought that again, the Pegam Abris that was going on at that time with the Noshim Nochriyos, <coughs> as we mentioned the previous year, that the Jews were engaging with non-Jewish women, he thought this really made us vulnerable. Avalohoyo Yodea but what he didn't know was that it's true, Moshe Rabbeinu passed away on the 7th of Adar, but Moshe Rabbeinu had also been born on the 7th of Adar. The Torah says Hashem completes the years of tzaddikim. And now Rabbi Nosanzal gives us another explanation of that. In other words, on one hand, Moshe Rabbeinu's birth date was Zayin Adar, but in addition... On a day that a tzaddik passes away, on that day he's actually being born. Because on the passing away, at the time of the passing away of a tzaddik, that's when Hashem says to the tzaddik, I have given birth to you today. Because the Gemara says very clearly that tzaddikim in death are referred to as being alive. They're even greater in death than they are during their lifetime. So that Moshe Rabbeinu, after his passing away, is still battling against Amalek on our behalf. Because a tzaddik like Moshe Rabbeinu, even after he passes away, and as we learned earlier, at first his soul goes up, but then his soul reconnects again with the body, and that connection is even stronger and a greater power of shalom than during his lifetime. As we learned the Psukim earlier, Yovoi Shalom al Nishkavoi. Vispashtusa de Moshe Bechol Dora And the Zohar Kodesh tells us that the Nisham of Moshe Rabbeinu is, spreads throughout each and every single generation. Because Moshe Rabbeinu cloaks himself in each and every single generation in the true tzaddik of the generation. Because Hashem would never leave a generation without any real proper leadership. Otherwise, there's no bechira, there's no free choice. 
So there has to be, Moshe Rabbeinu has to be present in every single generation. As the Gemara says, There's a Pasuk that says, the sun rises and the sun sets. And the Gemara says, That even before the son of Eli HaKoyen, son S-U-N, even before the sun, the great light of Eli HaKoyen had set, already a new tzaddik had been in position. Shmuel Anavi was already in the world. That again, whenever a tzaddik is about to leave, Hashem has already prepared the next tzaddik to be there, to be with Klal Yisrael. And during that generation, during the generation of Homon, Mordechai and Esther were the Moshe Rabbeinu. They had the ability to forgive, to atone, and to sweeten any type of bitterness that Klal Yisrael was supposed to be going through at the time. And to bring about an incredible peace. Remember, Homon said, that the Jews are spread out, they're not united, and therefore they're vulnerable. And Mordechai and Esther Amalka said, Go gather up all the Yidden, bring all the Yidden together, join all the Yidden together. To the point where Mordechai and Esther brought about such an incredible success that even the Goyim ended up joining and accepting the Emunah of Klal Yisrael. Because as Rabbi Nezal had explained in Likud Imran, in Torah of Zion, which this Saloch is based on, that when we're able to bring about major Shalom, through this we're able to bring everybody back to Tshuva, to bring everybody close to Hashem. Any questions? Question in the chat, how are we to understand the simple meaning of the Pasuk about the sun setting and rising when there is no tzaddik in our generation, many years after Rabbi Nassau passed away. I, I don't agree with that statement. Rabbi Nassau is making it perfectly clear that there is a tzaddik in every single generation. There must be a tzaddik in every single generation. In Breslov itself, there are diverse opinions. There are opinions that Rabbi Nassau continues to be the tzaddik of the generation from his time until the coming of the Moshiach, that he is the tzaddik hador, the tzaddik amiti hador, in whom Moshe Rabbeinu is neslabesh. And there are other opinions that in addition to Rabbeinu Zal, there are tzaddikim in every single generation, and there is even a tzaddik hador, a leading tzaddik, who is attached to Rabbeinu Zal, who, who again has this bechina of, of Moshe Rabbeinu being neslabesh in him. But on a certain level, this aspect of Moshe Rabbeinu is neslabesh in all of the tzaddikim amitim of the generations. Paragraph Yudches, V'yalkein Om Rabbi Seinuzal, and based on what we're learning here, we can understand what the Gemara tells us in Ovois de Reb She'al Aharon Softu Kolbeis Yisroel Yoyser Me'al Moshe, that the eulogies for Aaron Akoyin 
were stronger than even for Moshe Rabbeinu. Because we're told that even though we mentioned earlier, Moshe Rabbeinu also was into Sholem. Moshe Rabbeinu was involved in being Makari of the furthest people, Yisroi and others. But still, Aaron Akoyin in this particular item is listed as the ultimate. Oyhev Sholem, Varoyhev Sholem. Ki Iker HaHespid Hu Al Histalkus HaSholem. Because as we learned earlier in this halacha, that the, the main purpose of the eulogy is regarding the, the, the fact, this loss of shalom, that by a person passing away, there's a separation between the body and soul. While the person was alive, the body and soul were united. That was a, a display of shalom. When a person passes away, there's a histalkus of shalom through this separation between the body and soul. Validei ha-hespid choizrin u-mamshichin ha-sholem kanal. And by eulogizing the person who passed away, <coughs> we reconnect the soul to the body, and we restore this sholem. V'alkein, aharoin, shohoyo oyhev sholem b'yoyser, aron ha-koyin, who was the ultimate oyhev sholem, ki zoho le-kohuna, he was zoichet to the kohuna shehu bechinas sholem, which the Torah describes as sholem. Kamashikosov, as it says by Pinchas later on, Hinani Noisein Loi es Brisi Shalom, Vahoi Saloy Lazaroi Achrav, Bris Kahuna Soilam. I am giving him my covenant of Shalom, my covenant of Kahuna for all future generations. So we see that Koyhain is Shalom, and, and the Torah defines the meat of Arna Koyin that he was outstanding in this area of Oyev Shalom, Varoyev Shalom. That's why the Torah and the Gemara tell us that when it came to eulogizing and mourning Aaron Akoyim, it was even greater than by Moshe Rabbeinu. Paragraph Yotes, V'alkein ha-koyhanim muzharim be-yoyser al-isor korcho srita. And this will also explain why in addition to the prohibition that every Jew has regarding cutting themselves and, and, and tearing out their hair to, to, to express grief over, over the death of someone. A koyen has an additional prohibition besides the one that all Jews have. There's an additional pasuk specifically for the koyenim. <coughs> because by the koyenim, the Torah doubles the warning. Because as we explained earlier in the halacha, this act of cutting one's flesh or tearing out one's hair is damaging the heoras ponim. Because heoras ponim doesn't only mean the face, it means the radiance of the person, the radiance of the whole body, which is especially displayed on the face. Pegam sholim. And, and lack of herasponim means also damaging the sholem. Vahakoyhanim tzrichim beyoyser l'sholem. And we saw before that koyhanim are especially, their specialty is sholem. Therefore, ukamashikosov brisi hoiso itoi hachayim vahasholem. And again, as there's another pasuk that appears in the Navi in Malachi, speaking about Aaron Akoyim, Hashem says, My covenant was with him, life and peace. 
Therefore, the Torah makes it even stronger, double as serious a sin for a koyin to chasham damage his body in any way. And it's for this reason that it's the koyhanim that are the ones that give the bracha to Klal Yisrael of Shalom. Vizehu, and now watch how all of this fits beautifully. The bracha is Yoer Hashem Pono Veilecha Vichuneka. May Hashem shine his face upon us and bless us with grace. Yisro Hashem Pono Veilecha Viosim Lechashon. Again, may Hashem bestow the light of his face upon us and place upon us shalom. Because as Rabbi Nezal explains over there in the beginning of chapter 27 of the Kudimran, when there is this heoras ponim, bechinas yoer Hashem ponov, through this we zoichet to peace, bechinas v'yosem l'chashalayim. V'chol hakorbonois, shemakriven hakoyhanim, and all of the sacrifices which the Koyhanim were the ones responsible to offer them in the Mishkan and the Beis Mikdash were all about Shalom. Because as the Medrash says, when we commit sins, there's a distance between us and Hashem. When there's tshuva, when we brought a korban to forgive for our sins, that restores the peace between Hashem and the Jewish people. And this also explains why these sacrifices were from animals and birds. Because as we've been stressing throughout this halacha, that real shalom is it's all about taking the people that are furthest away from Hashem and bringing them close to Hashem. To elevate from the level of behema to the level of Adam, which is what a korban is all about. Because real shalom is when, when the two parties are as far apart from each other. And therefore the koyhanim were the ones who played this major role in processing all the korbonos, because koyhanim are the ones who represent shalom, more so than everybody else. There are certain times of the year where you don't say tachlan, I mean, you don't say hesbet, it's a chanaka, whatever. Is there some sort of aspect of shalom during those time periods that sort of makes up for the the answer is yes. The answer is yes. For a question that on those days when we don't say, when we don't make, when we don't eulogize a person who passed away, let's say chalamoyed or other times like that, usually that implies that the holiness of that day, the importance of that day, accomplishes whatever the eulogy would accomplish. just like we say we don't wear tefillin on Shabbos, that means that the holiness of Shabbos itself gives us whatever the tefillin would be giving us, and even more. Paragraph Chof, 
ויאלקין, הסגבר הומון בעיס שרוצו ישראל לא שוב לירושלים ולעסק בעבודת בייס המקדוש. This is why the Gemara tells us, and showing us from, from the, the, the story of Purim, that Haman's whole uh, drive to want to destroy the Jewish people was, took place exactly at the time when the 70 years of Golis Bavel was over, and the Jews wanted to go back to Eretz Yisrael, back to Yerushalayim, and rebuild the Beis HaMikdash. V'gamhu v'zaroi bitlu t'chila avoida subinyan Beis HaMikdash. And Haman and his children were the ones who blocked the Jews from, from, the, from the, 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 the building of the Beis HaMikdash. Ki Yerushalayim u Beis HaMikdash heim b'china sholem konal. Because as we discussed a few pages earlier, Yerushalayim is Yira Sholem, and Sholem is synonymous with Sholem. Sholem means whole. Machloikis means divided, split. So the, the Beis Hamikdash, and the Beis Hamikdash is called Sukkas Sholem. Kishom Akrivin Kol because it's in the Beis Hamikdash that we brought all the sacrifices. By which we're attaching all the lowest levels, the animals, the birds, we're attaching them to Hashem. And we're attaching the sinners, we're reattaching the sinners to Hashem. Shezeo Bechina Sholem. Vialkein Rotso Homon Levatelzois. And therefore, Homon wanted to block this and to prevent this. Kihu Ish Tsar Vaoyev. Because he is a real enemy, the opposite of Shol, Mizera Esav, from the descendants of Esav, Asher Neymar Boy, about whom the Novi says in Omois, Ve'evrosoi Shamoro Netzach, his hate he holds on to forever. Ve'shoroshoi, who's Sino Umach and his roots are hate and, and, and opposition. And Haman wanted to destroy the Sholem, which is the perfection of the world. And that's why the Megillah closes with Sholem. That Mordechai HaTzadik was projecting a message of Sholem for all of Klal Yisrael. Because this is really what Purim is all about. We're trying to draw a major, major shalom upon Klal Yisrael and upon the world. Paragraph Chafalif. V'yalkein b'purim kol ha'poyshet yad litoil noisen and this explains why the rules of charity change when it comes to Purim. That the Gemara says and the Halacha says, anyone who puts out their hand asking for a donation, asking for charity, we give them. Afilu akum, even non-Jews. Because all of this is showing us the incredible level of Sholem that Purim is all about. As the Gemara points out in Gitten, that when the Jews collect charity, 
and it's done publicly and non-Jews are aware of it, then we don't limit the charity only to Jews. We even give non-Jews some charity for the sake of peace. Because if not, it's going to promote hate. Look at that. They're collecting all of this money and they don't give us a penny. However, now on the holiday of Purim, we do this to an extreme. Because on Purim, we're trying to draw a major peace into the world, even with the other nations. So that all of them <coughs> will come and join our faith in Hashem as a result of the major Sholem that we generate. As the Pesach says, that Hashem says, then I'm going to give all the other nations a clear speech that all of them will call out to Hashem. Now note the, the word there, the verb used there, I'm going to turn things over. And this conforms with what it says in Megillah Sester, that what happened on Purim was that Hashem turned things completely upside down. That Haman's original plan to defeat and rule over the Jewish people, instead the exact opposite happened. That the non-Jews came and joined and became subservient to the Jewish people. Because they are going to return to us, to our faith. And we will be able to rule over them according to our will. Because they are going to turn around and join the Jewish faith. Because now, before Moshiach comes, before the complete Tikkun, the other nations are jealous of us when they see us being strong in our faith. And that's why they attack us. And this is really what the exile that we're suffering, that the Jewish people are suffering, is really all about. It's because of this kinna for our religion, whether they feel, whether they know about it or they don't even realize it. <clears throat> However, in the future, it's going to turn around completely. The other nations will turn around and join our faith willingly, with their will. We're not going to force them in any way. We're not going to oppress them in any way. <coughs> As a result of the incredible shalom that will exist then. That no nation will lift up a sword against another nation anymore. There'll be universal peace. And then we will be ruling over them. They will accept our rule over them willingly. 
They are going to subjugate themselves to us willingly. And this is what the Megillah gives us an inkling, that things got turned around completely, that instead of the Goyim ruling over the Jews and oppressing us and destroying us, the exact opposite happened, that the Jews ended up ruling over their enemies. Vizeb Bechinas will try to finish the halacha and then we'll leave time for questions. It's a shame. There isn't that much more. Paragraph Chavbeis. Vizeb Bechinas Mashemeshanem Atzmon Bepurim. This will explain the custom, the Jewish custom, of people putting on custom, put, put, putting on costumes, dressing up differently on Purim. Umalbishem Es Peneim. And especially putting on masks to cover our face changing our face. <coughs> and non-Jews actually put on costumes like other nations. Like Arabs, or like other nations. What is this all about? We know that every Jewish custom has tremendous meaning and depth to it. This is based on what the Gemara says in Yevamas, Meshanin Mipnei Darke Hasholim. That sometimes a person is allowed to make a change. They're allowed to change the truth in order to promote peace. If a person knows that if they tell their wife or their husband a certain thing, the wife is going to get very angry, they're allowed to change it a little bit if it's purely for the purpose of Sholim. And again, in certain cases, this isn't a flat rule across the board that, that marriage should be just lies and lies. It means there are certain instances when a person is allowed to change the, the truth <coughs> in order to, to, to achieve peace. <laughs> because when we really want to increase peace, sholim. <laughs> There are times that we have to change ourselves and use shrewdness and trickery for the sake of Sholem. Remember in the story of the Baltfila that Rabbein Zal told in Sipurim Isis, when the Baltfila would engage people, he wouldn't tell people he's a rabbi, he's a Baltfila. He would present himself according to what that person was. If that person was a businessman, he would present himself like a businessman, talking business, in order to engage the person in order to make a connection which he could use only for the sake of bringing that first person close to Hashem. And a person has to be able to change their face to many different faces for each and every different person based on what that person wants to see Bishvil HaSholem, in order to promote Sholem. The tzaddik has to be able to present himself differently to each and every single person in order to be able to talk their language, in order to be able to talk to them that they should feel close to him, they should feel a connection. And this is the Pasuk in Tehillim, Vidosh Rabbi Seinazal, and the Gemara says on that Pasuk, Kevon Shenitzrach Odom Lebrios Mishtanep of Lekama Gavnim. 
that when a person has to come on to other people, they, their face changes many different ways. There the Gemara is talking about when a person has to come on to other people for support, the person is ashamed and embarrassed. When a person is ashamed and embarrassed, you see it on their face. But Rav Nelson is giving us another twist, another pirish on this Gemara, that when a person has to come on to other people, meaning he wants to promote peace, he wants to make a connection with the other person, a person has to be able to make themselves appear like every single other person based on what that person is looking for, based on what that person wants, in order to achieve peace with that person, in order to draw and bring that person close to Hashem. This is where the Torah tells us by Moshe Rabbeinu, that before he passed away, he said to Hashem, you have to provide the Jews with a replacement. And the resume there, that the Torah says, lists one requirement. Ish asher ruach boi. He has to be a person who has ruach in him. And Rashi there quotes the Gemara, that he knows how to address every single different Jew. He knows how to relate to every single different Jew. This is an incredible, important limud that many people aren't aware of. That here again, we have different communities in Klal Yisrael, we have, and, and each one is in a certain box. In this community, they dress this way, they talk this way, this is who we are, period. And, and another community, differently. And because of the differences, very often, there's no connection between them. And sometimes there's negativity, sometimes there's sinner, kinner, etc., etc., but Rav Nelson is teaching us here that the tzaddik, the tzaddik, and those who are close to the tzaddik, and those who want to emulate the tzaddik, the tzaddik Moshe Rabbeinu, Aaron Akoyin, their main mission was shalom. How, did they, how can you promote shalom? You have to be able to understand and relate to every single different type of Jew. Not to say, I can't talk to those Meyasharim people, or I can't talk to those people from California, or those people from Louisiana who have those strange, strange pronunciations, or the, all of those kinds of things. Because the, the regular translation of that Pasuk, Zulus, the word zulus means people who are coarse and people who are who are very low, people that are insulted and degraded. So again, what is this pasuk teaching us? When we want to elevate and lift up these people who are so coarse and low and, and, and degraded, we want to lift them up from the filth of exile. If you look in Rashi over there, Rashi there gives a similar translation that Zulus means low and Kiru means rum, very high. We want to take the people who are very low and lift them up 
ואז כשצריכים להגביע איסון, שזה בכינס קרום זולוס, אז פונוב משתנה כקרום לכמה גוונן. The person has to be able to change their face to many different faces. כי צורך לשנה איס פונוב לפני כל אחד כרצוינוי. Person has to change his face to each person according to what that person wants. שזה בכינס משנה מפני השלום. Now, this, this is what the Gemara means when it says we change in order to promote Shalom. Now, this doesn't mean we change the Torah, that we tell this person he can be Mechal Shabbos, although even there, the laws are different for different people. A tzaddik will sometimes tell a person that for them it's a mitzvah to do something, and for another person he'll tell them that that same thing is an Avera. One person will tell him it's a mitzvah for you to come to me, Another person will tell me it's a mitzvah for you not to come to me at this particular time. Knowing, understanding where every person is at and being able to relate to every person based on where they at. This is one of the reasons possibly why the Gemara says that the Sanhedrin, in order to be a member of Sanhedrin, he had to know all 70 languages. Not allowed to use it. Why? He has to be able to speak their language. He has to be able to understand their language. And those that listened to my Rebbe's Ein Yaakov Shurim, Rav Rosenfeld's Ein Yaakov Shurim, which he gave in the Sephardic community, you'll see that he uses Sephardic, Sephardic pronunciation. And periodically he'll sneak in an Arabic word. And, and at the time that he was involved <coughs> in doing major Kirovir, he picked up a lot of the Arabic words. I once saw a piece of paper that he had written down, maybe a hundred Arabic words in the translation. He wanted to study it in order to be able to, to make them feel comfortable, in order to, build, to have a good bridge to promote this shalom. V'alkein bepurim she'oz hu ribui ha-shalom be-yoyser ve-yoyser and therefore on purim which is the holiday of the year where we're trying to promote the highest, highest level of Shalom, afilu in kol haumois, even with all the non-Jewish nations, kipurim meramez al hagaula achroina, because the holiday of Purim alludes to the final geula, she'oz yeh nimchezech ramolik legamri, when every last trace of amolik will be eliminated completely. <coughs> As it says in the Medrash Mishlei, that in the future, all other holidays will, will not be celebrated except Purim. Because the ultimate final redemption will, will require that every last vestige of Amalek will be wiped out. Shezeo bechinas Purim, and that's what happened on Purim. Amalek suffered a major, major defeat. Vaoz Yisrabe hashalom. Amalek, who is Esav, who is the opposite of Shalom. I was reminded yesterday <coughs> by one of our friends that Esav is bigimatria Shalom, to show that he is the exact opposite of Shalom. He's the antithesis of Shalom. Vaoz Yisrabe hashalom. Then the shalom will be increased. Vialkain bepurim mishanim pneim lekamagavnen, and this is why on Purim we put on all of these different masks and these different costumes. Zebchinas mishanim mepnei shalom kanal, 
in order to be able to draw everybody close to Hashem. As the Torah tells us about the future, that in the future Hashem says, I'm going to turn things around completely and I'm going to give all the other nations a clear speech. They will all call out to Hashem. All of this is accomplished through Sholem. Which is the final line in Megillus Esther. <clears throat> because as Rabbi Nezal says in the beginning of chapter 27 on Likud Imran, that if we want to be able to draw the entire world close to Hashem, to serve Hashem properly, it's going to require Sholem. For everybody to serve Hashem shoulder to shoulder, all in, in complete unity. Amen v'amen. If you review this halacha, number one, Rav Nosanzal took that chapter on Likut Imran like he always does and, and t- brought it to an unbelievable level of clarity. When you learn the Likut Imran, you understand it on a certain level. It's like learning Chumash. But then when you learn the Rashi and some of the other, or, or the Gemara, <coughs> you see a completely different level of clarity explaining it, number one. And what Rav Zal did here regarding the holiday of Purim, he gave us an incredible insight looking through the eyes of the Likute Maran, of that chapter 20, at, at the holiday of Purim, suddenly everything has incredible, incredible meaningfulness, and it fits the exact formula in, in Likud Imran, Rabbi Nezal says that if A leads to B, B leads to C, C leads to D, he makes a whole train. And Rabbi Nezal shows how in the holiday of Purim it's conforming beautifully to that whole train that Rabbi Nezal defined in Likud Imran. Uh, Rabbi, I have a question. Yes. Um, if the tzaddikim are supposed to put on a, a face to connect to people um, in their own way, how did the people end up connecting to the real point of the tzaddik? The answer is gradually. It's done gradually. Rabbi Nezal told a moshel the story of the turkey prince, <clears throat> where he told a, he gave a moshel that right, relates directly to this, that there was a prince who lived in the palace with the king, and he was royal, and he dressed royal, all complete royalty. And one day this prince went nuts, crazy, and decided he's a turkey. And he took off his clothes, he took off all of his royal robes and everything, and went under the table, making all the sounds and emulating, doing a perfect job of being a turkey. And you could imagine, imagine the king went nuts. Everybody's crazy. This is the prince. This is horrific. This is horrible. Everything. What do we do? And they brought therapists and psychiatrists and psychologists and and soothsayers and sorcerers to cure. Nobody could cure him. And then one Chacham came along, Rabbi Nezal said, and he said, I'm going to cure him, but I'm going to need your support. I'm going to need you to follow the exact process that I'm going to do and, and support me on this. He said, gladly, whatever it takes. <clears throat> he said, okay, first you have to invite me to the king's table. First I have to become a regular member at the king's table. Comes, he spends a couple of days at the king's table. Then one day when he gives the signal, the Chacham suddenly tears off his clothes jumps under the table and starts pop, 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 pop. And, and the prince says to him, what are you doing here? He says, what do you know what I'm doing here? I'm a turkey. 
He says, you're not a turkey, I'm a turkey. He says, so what? There's two, two are both turkeys. Arguing a little bit, but the Chacham puts on such a good performance that the prince can't, can't say anything. And he's turking as good as and better than the, pr- the prince. And, and they play this game for a certain period of time. And then when the Chacham gives the signal, they throw down a pair of pants or a shirt, and he puts it on real quick. And the prince says to him, what are you doing? He says, what do you mean? I'm putting on a shirt. He says, why are you putting on a shirt? Turkeys don't wear princes. Yes, they do. I'm a turkey, I'm, and I, I'm a turkey that wears a shirt. What's wrong? Nothing wrong. And I'm a bigger turkey than you are. And gradually, 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 he did this, and Rabbi Nezal shows how he was able to heal and cure the turkey. And again, I saw this with my own eyes. I saw my Rebbe, Rav Rosenfeld, Zechran Avracha, who was the most Hasidish person you could imagine, in, in a sense. He was much more Hasidish than all the Hasidim who wear double stripes, seven, seven, seven layer strimals, and, and colored bekishes, and thick gartels, all the, all, the, all the dressing in the world. He was much more Hasidish than all of them, but his mission was outreach, Kiruv, in the 1940s, 50s, 60s, 70s. And in order to do it at that time, he had to wear a mask. He had to put on a costume. He wasn't allowed to have a full a beard. When I met him, he was completely clean-shaven, and he wore a short jacket, none of this Hasidish stuff, short jacket, and he didn't even wear a white shirt. He wore a light blue shirt, short sleeve shirt, all of this stuff. And you couldn't imagine that he had any association with Hasidim. And he went to teach in schools, in, in, in Ashkenaz schools and in the Syrian community, and he was able to connect with everyone perfectly. And again, he, he understood what was going on in the world. He knew to relate to everyone and everything. And he was able to connect with people and bring them close to Hashem. And some of those people he turned into Hasidim. Some of those people became Breslov Hasidim. Some of those people ended up even wearing Hasidish clothes. Or if they didn't, their children did, or their grandchildren did. And they moved to Eretz Yisrael, and some of them live in Gula and in Meisharim. And they're more Meisharim than, than all of Meisharim, all the other Meisharims, because they're not, ju- not just dressed the, the role, they're, they're inside and outside, you know. This is an example. This is an example of, of using this as a means of connecting to people in order to enable a flow of Torah, in order that they should be able to listen to the words of Torah that I say, or to the guidance that I give them, you know, in coming close to Hashem. Anyone else, please? Thank you very much. Sure. Anyone else, please? Okay, there's a question on something that I mentioned in the previous year. I said that the word Yavon, Yavon, the Greeks is Bigimatria two times Nachash. The word Nachash is 358. Two times Nachash is 716. The word Yavon is Yud is 10, Vav is 6, and Nun Sofit is 700. We know that the Hebrew alphabet goes from Aleph to Tav. Aleph is 1, Kuf is 100, Resh is 200, Shin is 300, and Tuf, which is the last letter of the alphabet, is 400. <clears throat> and Aleph is one, and Eleph is a thousand. 
So the question is, where are those other five numbers? Where are the numbers 500, 600, 700, 800, 900? So it's brought, the Sifrei Kabbalah tell us that those are the five letters menatzpach, which come in two forms. One form when they're in the beginning or middle of a word, and they look completely different at the end of a word. So that Chaf Sofit is 500, Mem Sofit is 600, Nun Sofit is 700, and so on and so forth. So Nun Sofit is 700, so the word Yavon is Bigimatria 716, which is two times Nachash, showing that the Greeks were, were, were the male and female form of the snake combined together. Baruch Hashem. Now, Hilches Korcha Halacha Dalid, Rab Nosenzal's fourth explanation of these halachas appears Behilches Giluach Lekamon. We're going to have it shortly. We're opening. We're going to be learning, starting a new set of halachas about a haircut, a proper Jewish haircut, <clears throat> and there Rab Nosenzal is going to also discuss this concept of Korcha. And Halacha Hey, the fifth presentation of, of this topic we've been learning about till now, Hilchas Korksen's Kanka, appeared previously in Hilchas Ribis Halacha Hey. There, Rab Nasanzal also gave an explanation regarding this. Mitzvah in the next year, we start a whole new chapter, Hilchas Giluach. And Rab Nasanzal has incredible, incredible insights regarding payas and a beard and the whole topic of hair. We should be to learn Torah properly. We should be to come close to the true tzaddikim who know how to bring everyone close to Hashem, even us. And be to the shalom, the ultimate shalom with the gula shleima b'mehera b'ameinu. Amen v'amein. Amen.